Today on CityCast Boise, it's weekly news roundup time and Frankie Barnhill's with me to talk firing squads, animal shelters running low on food and high on dogs. Plus, Guy Fieri came to town. It's Friday, February 24th. I'm Emma Arnold, and this is what Boise's talking about. Hi, Frankie. Hey, Emma. Happy Friday. We made it. Happy Friday. We made it. I don't know why it felt like a long week because (laughs) it was a four-day week for us, but lots of news, lots to dig into here. So let's start with this rather grim story out of the Idaho House Ways and Means Committee. Representative Skog of Nampa is sponsoring a bill that will bring back the firing squad as a form of execution in Idaho. Uh, Frankie, what the hell? <laughs> Which is milder language than I want to use. Right yeah, now, right. So, <laughs> doesn't it feel like we're stepping back in a very scary time machine or something? Like, yeah. oh, firing squads. Um, but I mean, yeah. In all seriousness, this is a major issue in Idaho, and a state one of twenty-seven that does have the death penalty. And the question is, when a state has the death penalty, how does the state? kill people? How do we actually, uh, you know, go through with a, with someone who's on death row and has received capital punishment? So it's a complicated thing here because, honestly, the main uh, newest, most recent story that everybody probably remembers is Gerald Pizzuto, who uh, was supposed to be executed at the end of last year. He's 66. He's uh, was convicted of the death of a woman and her nephew in, like, 1985. He's terminally ill. Well, he was he was supposed to receive the death penalty and uh, be actually executed with lethal injection, but the state couldn't find the drugs to do it. And that's like this huge problem where the drug cocktail that's used to actually kill people um, and and actually go through with these executions, they're really hard to find. There were some European companies that used to manufacture them, but Europe's really like clamped down on uh, the idea of executions, at least Western Europe. And so they're not manufacturing them anymore. And honestly, like, do you remember this story from oh, about 10 years ago? Um, the, there were two Idaho Department of Correction officials who were found to have gone on a plane to Tacoma where they exchanged oh, yeah. like yeah. $10,000 in cash for drugs at a Walmart parking lot, which literally oh sounds like, yeah, it should be a movie, because that was how they could get some drugs to execute the most recent person who was executed in Idaho, uh, which was in 2012. So this is a whole problem. So yeah, Skog is saying, hey, we're having this issue with these lethal injection ju- drugs. Why don't we bring that back the firing squad instead? Jeez. Uh are there people on Idaho's death row right now other than uh, the one you mentioned? Like, is there a list of people kind of waiting on this? There are. Yeah, there's there are eight people, including Gerald Pizzuto. One of them is a woman. Um, so this issue isn't going away as long as Idaho, you know, maintains having the death penalty, which that doesn't seem like that's going away anytime soon. So the problem of how do we actually do these executions will continue um, and Lethal injection is all that's allowed right now. There was a, a short period of time where firing squad was actually allowed in like the 80s and 90s, which is yeah. kind of crazy to think that it was that recent. But I don't believe that anyone was actually executed that way in that time period. 
I saw that House Minority Leader uh, Rubel brought up concerns that this could potentially violate the Eighth Amendment, that punishments not be cruel and unusual. What does Skog have to say about that? Yeah, he, you know, said basically, well, I'm not uh, a scholar on the Eighth Amendment, but in his view, in some ways, um, the firing squad, he thinks, may be less cruel, unusual in punishment, um, that it actually might be a slightly more humane way to execute people in Idaho. And that's an interesting point because there have been some studies around the drug cocktails that are used for injections that it seems as though it kind of creates this illusion where, uh, or potentially creates this illusion where the people who are receiving these drugs, you know, they just, it's like they go to sleep, but they don't. There's um, actually was an NPR study around this that people's lungs fill with fluid and it basically is like they're being suffocated or, you know, waterboarded to death through these injection drugs. So Skog's argument is basically, well, actually perhaps the firing squad would potentially be less or if nothing else, no more uh, cruel, unusual, and it would be more reliable than us not being able to find the drugs to do it and, you know, having to do like deals in a Walmart parking lot to get the drugs from somewhere. Scott McIntosh, uh, our friend at the Idaho Statesman, uh, he had a really interesting piece saying basically like maybe the firing squad is you know not a good thing, but a way for people to actually have to confront the reality of the state killing someone. Whereas with, you know, lethal injection, he argued that for people who seem sort of like humane, where it's like killing is killing. What do you think of that? Yeah, it's an interesting argument. I mean, this is literally like one of the most fundamental questions for a state to grapple with if they do have capital punishment because it's it's a political question, it's a philosophical question, it's a spiritual question, it's a religious question. Like, how do you execute somebody humanely, um, you know, regardless of what it was that they were convicted of? And uh, people are going to come down on that in all kinds of ways. But I think it's an interesting thing to point out that, you know, putting people to death is there a way to do that that's not cruel and unusual? And the line and the definition of is subjective. Of course, there's lots of like Supreme Court precedent about what constitutes cruel and unusual. Um, but yeah, this bill, who knows what will happen with it. It's going up for a public hearing next, so the public will have a chance to weigh in. Um, but do people want this? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, so far what I've seen is people seem pretty horrified by it. Yeah, on the surface it seems really Gross, right? Yeah. But I agree with Scott in that I'm like, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's horrible and gross personally uh, as somebody who's against the death penalty either way. But it does sort of, you know, the firing squad seems much more like visceral and terrifying. But it's, it, I think Scott makes some really good points in that piece. Let's move on to this story about the West Valley Humane Society. They say they're in desperate need of adult dog food donations. Uh, What's going on out there? Yeah, it sounds like um, for whatever reason, they just had a really low month of donations, um, apparently, that they really rely on pet food donations directly. And they had a big drop this past month. And I could imagine, I suppose, when uh, you're used to having a certain amount of donations and then all of a sudden you just kind of it kind of dries up that that becomes pretty dire pretty fast, especially with all the animals they have out there right now. Yeah. And they do have quite a lot like I shouldn't, but I check all the Humane (laughs) Society pages pretty much every day and look at all the dogs. Not that I need more animals, but I always, always look. And uh, West Valley has a ton of dogs and a ton of adult dogs. 
And I saw on a couple different local outlets that the Meridian Canine Rescue is at capacity and there's been an increase just across the board in pet surrenders this year. Why do you think that is? Oh, well, I'm the same way because I'm scrolling and I'm like, can we get a couple more dogs for Daphne <laughs> for my current Gee, dog? The dog like, needs a dog. <laughs> the dog needs three dog friends. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's uh, interesting. There were yeah a couple stories that KTVB did a story on this and so did Boise State Public Radio. Um, and there's a combination of factors. It seems like it's a hard time for some people financially and inflation is rough and uh, housing prices are tough. And especially if you're a renter um, in the Treasure Valley, I mean, we know that there's limited rentals that allow for pets. And so if you were in a place that did allow for pets, but then they jack up the prices and that means you have to find someplace else, maybe the next place you find can't have them. Um, so there's that piece. And then also KGVB was saying that the fostering is especially something that they're struggling with. They need people to foster dogs in order to make them like really ready for adoption as well. But Oh my God. I mean, I'm the same way. I'm scrolling and I'm just like, oh, there's so many of them. So like, many, yeah. Like an entire litter I'm seeing right now. So anybody who's maybe thinking about getting a dog <laughs> seems like now's a good time. Yeah. And you know, something I've noticed from scrolling and like you're saying, it must be housing issues and inflation because usually you see a lot of puppies and you see a lot of dogs that are around one year old where people got into a husky uh, as a puppy and then did right. not realize that they were going to need a lot of extra you know, attention and care and stuff. But right now, like I'm seeing eight-year-old, nine-year-old dogs, you know, like adult dogs that were clearly loved very much that people are having to get rid of. And I just want to tell people that the Idaho Humane Society does have several programs to help you keep your dog in your home if you're struggling financially or if you're struggling with uh, behavioral issues. They have several programs that you can apply for to help you uh, keep your dogs. So if you're thinking about a surrender, there's a lot of times a bunch of different ways they can help you. Um, what other ways can people help? I'm sure donations, they're looking for that, but what else? Yeah, and direct um, food drop-off donations at West Valley. And it sounds like it's not just uh, dogs, but also they need cat food there, even chicken feed. Um, so all kinds of uh, uh, donations. And you can do it on Amazon instead of if you don't want to drop it off, you can just Go on Amazon, onto their Amazon list. We'll link it in the show notes um, and go ahead and order directly and it'll get get taken right there. So lots of different ways. But yeah, it it breaks our hearts, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's it's tough to see. Alex can't even look at the dogs with me. He just gets (laughs) so emotional. I'm always like, I know that the Humane Societies here are... Mostly no kill. They do a great yes. ado- They have great adoption rates. They are so careful with who they place dogs with and and finding forever homes for dogs. So I I feel okay just looking, but he's always like, no, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, firing squads and hungry dogs. Uh, why don't we move on to something and talk about it? something really fun? Because this is so cute. Guy Fieri came to town. Yeah, Mr. Flavor Town. <laughs> <laughs> I love the I love the revival he's having. I feel like for I know. about about 10 years, he was like the punchline to every joke and everybody yes. made fun of him. And then someday, one day somebody pointed out like, why Why do you guys hate Guy Fieri? He's just a guy who eats food, likes food, supports local restaurants. Frosted tips. Frosted and, tips, yeah. a flame shirt. Like yes. he's like your nicest uncle, you know, know. like nothing I to know. hate about the man. Like, so I'm glad people are having a revival with him. I know. I feel like, don't you think it's kind of Gen Z's bringing it back? It's like the early yeah. two, because th- he's kind of got that early 2000s <laughs> Big time. look, right? So yeah. it's like they're bringing him back along with my, you know, my worst nightmare, low rise jeans. So. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Thanks, kids. Uh, yeah. What restaurants did he visit? 
he, well, actually, I should point out, I happen to know this because I did watch the NBA All-Star weekend uh, last weekend because of my husband loving the NBA, and he had a couple of his favorite players were in the All-Star team, um, and that was in Salt Lake. So that's how Guy got here because Guy was at the NBA games, um, the All-Star weekend, and then he just would pop over to Boise, it seems like. So that was kind of funny. Yes, he went to Sunshine Spice Cafe, um, which, have you been there? Oh, yeah. I love it. Uh, It's an Afghan eatery. It's on Fairview. If you haven't been there, you have to go. The food is incredible. Just incredible. And such a cute little spot, too. Yes. And the story behind the women, the four sisters who run it is just absolutely amazing. They fled Afghanistan at the height of, you know, the Taliban reign in like 2005 or actually before that, I think it was like 2003 or something. And then they eventually, you know, um, were placed through the United Nations Refugee Agency and and they came to Idaho. Um, and then they they started this uh, this amazing cafe. So yeah, check that one out. Good good call, guy, on that one. And then what else did he go to? He, oh, he went to Taj Mahal in yeah. downtown, yeah. the Indian restaurant. One of my favorites, owned by the sweetest family in the world. Um, we've been eating there for like, I don't even, 20 years, maybe. Right? I can't even think of how long they've been here, forever, as long as I can remember. Um, great food, wonderful lunch buffet. I was really happy to see that he he hit some of our immigrant restaurants here instead yeah. of just maybe, you know, I don't know, like a sandwich spot or something. Like it really, totally. I thought it was really cool, the restaurants he chose. And Taj Mahal is, uh, they have some of the best samosas I've had. They're so good. Their butter chicken's amazing. Yes. I wonder what he had. I'm like dying to know. I know. I didn't see the the Instagram post that a couple people said that he put up, but I'm dying to know what he had at all these places. I guess we'll have to wait a while yeah. <laughs> to find out what, what is, what's actually on diners, <laughs> drive-ins and dive. Like. And then what was the last one? Yeah. And then he went to um, another great one on Orchard, uh, Tango's Empanada. Oh, um, Tango's. Yes. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So good. I wonder what he had there. Me too. I, I always struggle there because it's like, they're not super big, so you can get a few of them. Like, you can get an assortment, but it's always, like, the choices, I'm always like, well, I'd like one of everything, I think, I know. probably, so... I agree. I agree. Yeah. Uh, maybe he did have all of them. We'll find out, yeah. I guess. But. <laughs> he came here in 2009. I remember that. And um, yeah. West Side Drive and still displays uh, a sign yes. saying that he he came there. But where else did he go? Yes. Guy has blessed us in the past, for sure. He also went to Bargarnica, which mm-hmm. great choice. Um, and then to a few other places, some of them that don't exist anymore. Um, let's see. Pitzel, Pitzel Chick. I never remember how to pronounce that place, but it's not there anymore. Yeah. Um, Rick's Press Room, a couple others, uh, but Westside and Bargarnica, um, that's fun that, that he went th- to those places for sure and then decided to return. He liked us enough to come back um, more than a decade later. So Guy Fieri calls you and he says, all right, Frankie, <laughs> what should I try next time I come into town? What do you have him? What do you have him eat? What do you have him try? I mean, well, how about the Del Taco on Broadway? I'm just oh kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, for local stuff that's special. I mean, has he had finger steaks? Like, has he gone to the torch and well, tried finger steaks? I know he had them at Westside. I don't okay. think he's had the torch. Uh, okay. Which we should, I mean, I know, I, did you do a finger steaks episode already? Did we we already, haven't done one. We should do a finger steaks episode. <laughs> I have opinions, opinions Ooh, on that. So good. Yeah. So you're thinking, you're thinking like uh, classic Boise food finger steaks. I, th- I at think the torch. so. 
I think so. Yeah, that's my that's my thought is if he hasn't done the finger stakes there, maybe that's worth worth trying. What about you? Um, I think I, I was I was thinking about this and I think I would have him try uh, the birria tacos at oh. Adelita's. Oh, my God. Which I know, I think I probably, every time we talk about food, I bring up the birria tacos at Adelita's, but they are <laughs> one of my favorite, favorite foods. They're so good. Or the macaroni at either one of the soul food kitchens, um, mm. at Chow, at uh, the Edwards Complex. Yes. Uh, over off Overland. Either one of those. They both, there's a ton of, both of those shops have amazing food, both the soul food place, the vegan place, and the not vegan place. Uh, but both of their macaronis are, like, my favorite macaroni in town. So, um that's great. I think that's what I would go with. I, w- I would go with those two. Yeah. But honestly, I feel like no notes, guy. Great job. You did a great job yeah. with these picks this time. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Love it. Loved what, yes. you, what you went to this time. Love those restaurants. And I hope they get a, a, a big old bump from a guy coming into town. Yeah. Um, all right, Frankie. Well, that's, that about rounds out the news. Thanks for coming on. And I'll see you next week. Okay. Bye, Emma. See ya. And a heads up before we go, the National Weather Service says we might get some more snow in the valley this weekend. So here's another Boise pro tip. If you aren't comfortable driving in snow and ice, stay home if you can. But if you have to head out on four wheels, give yourself an extra 15 minutes at least to get to your destination safely. You'll want to slow down in general, and when you see a red light or stop sign coming up, start braking early. For snowy hills, AAA recommends not pushing the gas much as you go up, but instead try to get some momentum before the hill. Then, at the top of the incline, tap your brakes to reduce your speed. Stay safe out there, Boise. That's all for today here on CityCast Boise. The show is produced by Frankie Barnhill and Evelyn Avitia. Blake Hunter writes our Hey Boise newsletter, and I'm Emma Arnold. Our music is by Up Is The, Down Is The. If you enjoyed our show today, leave us a review. It helps other people find us. We'll be back Monday with more stories from around the city. Bye.